And we are back here on CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023, hour number two here on the Canadian Football Countdown. We are live until 5 p.m. Central Time, another seven hours to go. CFL Free Agency opening uh, in uh, one hour from now, roughly. So uh, lots of news to come here, lots to talk about for sure. Uh, Ryan Coop here, Trey Colbeck, Michael Garrell here as well with you for the next hour here on the program. Uh, we've got the live chat still going. Uh, make sure you put your comments, put your questions in there. But uh, we're going to see a lot of names come off the board today. So let's start by taking a look, guys, at the names that are out there on the board right now. Still not including the ones that we just talked about as being pending free agents. Uh, let me pull up the... Uh, free agency tracker here. Let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, only five names available on the charts here uh, currently based on all of the moves that have happened. Again, we talked about McLeod Bethel Thompson uh, already uh, a bit before. You know, will he come back to the Argos? Will he um, go to the, you know, XFL, the USFL, one of those leagues? Look at one of those opportunities. Uh, question remains to be seen there. Caleb Evans, you know, had some time as the starter, uh, had some time as the backup over in Ottawa. Antonio Pipkin playing that third string role over in BC. Dakota Prukop, the similar role in Winnipeg. And Michael O'Connor had a, had a, you know, a backup role, got in for a start there in BC, but then got injured and didn't get in the rest of the season really there. So uh, not a whole ton available at the quarterback market uh, left to go, but uh, not really a lot of teams necessarily looking for somebody there. Hey, Mike. Sorry, did you call on me? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I know it, it's interesting. Um, the only thing that really kind of intrigues me here is what certain teams are going to do at number three quarterback, uh, most notably the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, BC Lions apparently in the running to sign a quarterback, uh, but would likely need a third train. So I'm wondering, um, sorry, I'm wondering if, uh, if, if something gets done there. Calgary to me might have an opening. Um, I'm not sure how um, interested you are in Tommy Stevens as a number two right this minute. Possible. Um, it, to me, I, I just, it, to me, this whole thing comes down to somebody that's not a free agent today, and that's Dane Evans. Um, you know, I've been something that has to be done. I, I don't really see a scenario where both him and Bully by Mitchell were around, uh, maybe. Uh, and Matt Schiltz. They also brought back Matt Schiltz. Matt Schiltz. So, you know, that that looks kind of, to me, like a pretty good quarterback depth chart to me. Um, you know, something happened to Bully by Mitchell. That, you know, some, some pretty good options. But uh, one of your quarterbacks, most notably Dane Evans, taking up a lot of your a lot of your um, salary cap you know, Dane Evans. Um, yeah, it makes me wonder if he goes to Toronto, especially with MBT kind of, you know, is slow making his decision and whatever that looks like. But somebody's going to have a very good 1A, 1B scenario. Um, and that might as well be the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But, you know, to me, I'm just very curious. Like this year, to me, the quarterback... Um, 
the quarterback, you know, avail availables are very scarce, uh, to say the least. So that that's kind of the interesting part uh, for, for me here uh, right now. Uh, what about you, Trey? What stands out at quarterback for you? Uh, the team's looking to make a move today. Uh, like even like let's say just hypothetically, even if Harris and Fajardo have enough like a hundred percent officially signed, that's that's sad that Harris is the best quarterback available or Fajardo, right? Like in the well, other than Bo, I guess, I guess, but Bo would be official, right? Because he was traded, so it's a signing, right? Right, yeah, he's hundred percent official. The other two aren't as much, but that's what I mean. It's just I, I I'm more worried about the state of the quarterbacks in the league when Right now, Bethel Thompson and Caleb Evans are probably your top two guys that are unsigned right now, you know, and like kind of like Mike was saying, it depends on backup situations and it depends on where Dane Evans goes if he if he when when and if he gets traded. Right. And, you know, because looking at these guys, how many of them do you think other than Bethel Thompson, who's been the starter, but would he be the starter in Toronto? You don't know. Um, Evans was the starter, but could he start like how many of those guys are actually starters up there? Not not yeah. very many on this yeah. list here, right? Maybe Bethel Thompson if he comes back, right? And other than that, it's backup. So, yeah, it's 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 whoever wants to go hold a clipboard and where they want to hold it. I think at this point, I, I think Bethel Thompson. I, I think if I'm an Argos fan, I'm really hoping McLeod Bethel Thompson comes back for another season. And I don't know if all Argos fans would necessarily agree with me on that one, but I've been high on what MBT has done throughout his uh, past couple of years here. You know, everybody talks about Chad Kelly leading them to the Grey Cup last season. No, Chad Kelly came in and played one good drive. MBT is who got them there. I'm not as high on Kelly's abilities to be a starting quarterback in the CFL at this point as a lot of other people seem to be. Uh, So I think, you know, if MBT comes back, you have a 1A, 1B situation maybe. If he doesn't, you know, then I look at maybe bringing in a guy like a Dane Evans or a Caleb Evans to, you know, support uh, having Chad Kelly there. But I, I'm not sure I'm confident, you know, going into the new season with just uh, riding with him as the number one guy with not a, a backup plan in place. I mean, it's possible. Look at what the Lions did with Nathan Rourke last season. That worked out pretty well for them, obviously. Uh, but I don't know if I uh, I think Kelly, uh, I would put him, I don't think I'd put him necessarily in that same category there. Let's bounce around to some of the other positions here. Uh, we'll go to the one people have asked about in the chat first. Uh, Noah in the chat's asking about the kicking and punting position. Well, there aren't really a ton of free agents available. Michael Dalmagala, the only one listed as a free agent currently, looks like teams uh, have their names under contract for next season, uh, more so than usual at the position. BC's got Sean White and Stefan Flintoff handling kicking and punting duties. Uh, Calgary, Rene Paradis coming back another year. Cody Grace in the punter category. Uh, you know, he has been a, a stellar player in that regard. The Elks have Sergio Castillo uh, once again this year. Uh, he's brought back for another year. Seth Small, a uh, real good rookie kicker last year for the Ticats. They bring him back. Maybe they look to bring in a punter because Michael Domagala, uh, you know, did uh, do a lot of the punting there for them. Uh, the Alouettes have David Cote, Joseph Zima in their kicker punter role. The Redback Blacks, Lewis Ward, Richie Leone. Uh, the Riders, Brett Water, Kari Vedvik. Uh, the Argos, Boris Beattie and John Haggerty. And then the Bombers have Mark Leggio doing all, all kicking, kick or field goals, kickoffs, punting, 
He seems to be doing it all currently for them. So that's where teams are currently at. There's no real CFL free agents on the board at the kicker punter position. There are some intriguing names, though. Liram Haralahu has been talked about many times. Uh, will he come back to the CFL one day? And uh, what happens with Brett Maher after the disaster for him with the Dallas Cowboys? Could we see him make his return here? Uh, which teams stand out to you guys at the kicker position? Is there anybody you have concerns about uh, that you would like to see uh, make some sort of upgrade and bring another piece in here? Trey, you're nodding your head. I was like, hmm, what team do you think I'm going to talk about that needs a better kicker? <laughs> like, I think, I mean, Lego was fine. It's, I think I'm all serious. I think he just needs to get the jitters out. And I think, I think that was his thing. I more than, more than anything. I don't, God, better not sign Mayor. And the last thing I saw, Liram said he's going to spend the, at least the next season or two bouncing around practice rosters to still get his NFL opportunity. Um, yeah, no, Legio is the only one I would consider. He did have a good year. You can argue and debate about that last kick in the Great Cup. Would he have made it if it wasn't blocked? Yeah, you know, geez, I don't know. Um, but other than that, I think ever it seems like there's a lot of experienced guys. Like, you know, Beattie's 33, Lothar's 32, the two at Ottawa are over 30, 30, 30s. Like, kickers... Oh, geez, Hamilton's got young kickers. But other than that, you know, kicking is like one of those roles that you need a guy. You, the young kid doesn't do it quite often. You need that 30, 35-year-old who just knows how to nail it down the middle from 40-plus consistently, right? And and that's what most teams have, I guess, except for Hamilton and Winnipeg. So that would be the only thing I would look at. But Noah's making a good point. Like I said, it's a second, it's a second year. First year is a starting kicker. He had the jitters. I agree with everything he's saying. Like it, it's going to take time. It's just as Winnipeg, we got, uh, we got, um, we got spoiled with. Uh, oh, why is his name escaping me right now? Money Madlock, Justin Madlock. There we go. Holy, I should get my, I should definitely get my uh, Blue Bomber jersey taken away for not remembering him. But yeah, Lock, uh, Madlock. I think we got too complacent with him. You know the punts and kicks that he would pull off, you know, and the onside kicks that he just decided to do on his own. You know, we got spoiled with that for the last couple seasons, and now he's starting fresh. And um, no FM fan, I would stay away from Mayor. He can stay on. He can stay on Mike's Cowboys if he's still there. Uh, Mike, uh, would you think? Would you make the? If you were Jerry Jones, would you make the trade Mayor to the Blue Bombers right now? Um. I, I can almost virtually assure you that Brett Maher will not be back as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that's <laughs> one thing pretty clear. Um, as far as Mark Ladio, um, I'm not wanting to go there. I think he should come back. Um, seasons aren't defined by one kick. Yeah, he straddled toward the end. Find me a guy that can do all three and do a pretty significant job at it. Um, Remember, this is the guy that had his first part of his rookie season sort of cut short because he lost his job to Sergio Castilla, which wound up being dead because I don't think we win that great cup without Castilla. Uh, the second one against Hamilton in Hamilton. Uh, you know, if people dislike uh, Mark Lightyear, well, I can tell you the Bombers had a win locked up, but he... Uh, hits one off the pipe, which happens. He gets a field goal block, which is a, in the great cup, which is a great play. Um, 
it doesn't get blocked, who knows what happens. Uh, the, you know, the, the, are we having a completely different discussion here if – are we having a completely different discussion if that field goal goes through in the Grey Cup? Oh, I mean, we are. I, I mean, you know, just because we didn't make a, you know, a, a, t- a kick in the Grey Cup, which, you know, we've all seen every other kicker in the CFL occasionally have, you know, a, a kick blocked, it happens. Um, I mean, there was more of a one wrong on that game-winning field goal attempt. Um, but again, that's that's it happens, and I, I'm I'm with no. I I believe that that's going to be a breakout season. Uh, you know what? What doesn't kill you makes makes you stronger. Um, you know, the, the kicking position in sports is like the, the starting goalie of a national hockey league team. You know, true. Last line of defense in, in, in most cases. Uh, I really hope the Bombers take a long look at, uh, you know, the overall track record instead of what happened, you know, in on one Sunday in November. And, you know, I I, I still think with that, the fact that the Bombers came within an earshot of winning that great cup, you know, to me, I, I'm still really, really disappointed I think would be the appropriate word here at the long Chad Kelly run um, I think if that doesn't happen um, you know they tip the, they tip the ball away and the bombers probably run the clock out and that field goal is a non-issue so you know, you know there, there's a lot of things that go well it, it's it's like yeah you gave up seven goals in a hockey game but goalie doesn't look very good but if the team defense in front of them doesn't look very good, well, they, he may be slightly excused, uh, you know, for that effort. And, you know, it's a, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, much like the quarterback, much like the coach. It's Sports has become very, in the day and age of social media, very scrutinizable and... People only see the bigger picture. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. I could pull that to an example. Everybody's talking about, you know, the hold. There was more of what went on in that whole second half than the hold. How about if you're Philadelphia, you try to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field for a drive in the second half? You know, you you force a punch somewhere along the line. Uh, you know, you 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 probably win that game. You know, you you tip that punt that sets that drive up a little bit differently, and he doesn't get as big of a run back. That's a completely different, you know, animal to have to deal with. It's not just the holding call. Um, much like the great top didn't come down to the the tip as much as everybody wants to talk about. Uh, there was a couple interceptions in there too that weren't very dead. Um, you know, and, and in hindsight, the Bombers won a lot of those games where they, you know, didn't necessarily necessarily deserve to win and you know this one uh, the they just didn't go their way and I don't believe that that's a reason for a new kicker um, I, I think there's a couple teams in that category sorry to cut you off there but yeah, no worries. I think there's a couple teams in that category that got a bit maybe disappointing performances but guys if you look at the overall track record you know are pretty good over the course of their careers I mean Boris Beattie only completed 78 percent of his field goals but we know he him to be a, a solid kicker at times Brett Lauder seemed like maybe he took a bit of a step back there 
with 82%. Lewis Ward, we're used to him being the tops in the league. So I think teams are going to be banking on bounce backs at the kicker position. I don't think we're going to see much movement today from them. If anything, I think the global position uh, or the global draft is where we're going to see it because a lot of these, you know, second, third string guys at the kicker punter position seem to be those global players there. So we'll take a look closer to then at that as well. Let's go to the linebackers here because I saw some questions in the chat about Darnell Sankey, the biggest fish at the linebacker position out here in free agency, 120 tackles for him uh, last season. Uh, what a year for him. Seems like the Riders couldn't get it done. It supposedly offered him a contract, uh, not the numbers he was looking for, and he appears to be headed to free agency here. Uh, you know, other big names still on the board. Hinoch Mwamba is a free agent. Could we see him go on, uh, you know, uh, to retire at this point? They just brought in Jordan Williams on that trade with BC for a first-round pick to kind of fill in that same slot. Uh, so uh, what happens to Hinoch Mwamba here? Uh, haven't updated the free agency tracker here quite yet. And Darius Pickett uh, looks to be off to the uh, Toronto Argonauts, supposedly, uh, once free agency opens. But... I mean, we can scroll. I'll scroll through the whole list here for you to take a look at slowly at the linebacker position. But uh, do you think this is a position with a number of uh, big names out there for teams looking to make upgrades, Trey? Oh, yeah. Sankey, Muamba, Pickett, which we know got signed, Awe, Simone Lawrence. Like, this is probably the, the – I wish we had this much talent in the quarterback position or some other position so we could talk about. Um, this is the position that kind of really – because that linebacking core, that's usually the center of your defense, right? Like, you know, that's usually the guy, the middle linebacker and the linebackers in there are the ones that definitely are the leaders on your defense and kind of the quarterbacks of that system usually. So this is a big pick right here for who you're going to get. And forget salary cap. I'm going to let my blue bomber come out a little bit. Sankey, come, come over down to Winnipeg and play with Jefferson and Big Hill. I know Big Hill's there. Come play with these guys. and You know, that would be a crazy defense or – even Muamba come back to Winnipeg, you know, that would be something I would like to see. Muamba, wasn't he rumored to maybe be retiring? Because Toronto also keeps picking up middle linebacker linebackers too, so they're kind of foreshadowing maybe his departure there. Um, no, there's a couple guys on this list that I would definitely love to see in blue and gold, and I, I think that if some of these guys go, like, you know, go to the Hamilton, continue to, if Hamilton continues to build, Toronto continues to sign these guys, Ottawa gets a couple of these guys. Beast is going to have good defense for sure. Yeah, I'm intrigued what a team like the Ticats do at the linebacker position here. I mean, you've got a couple of names on the list. Cameron Kelly, Simone Lawrence has been uh, in Hamilton for absolutely forever, it seems here, right? That's a name that, as of this point, they have not been able to lock up. I know they brought in Jameer Thurman, which is a huge pickup there, but uh, could we see the Ticats? You know, they're continuing to build and throw money around and try to bring in a big day here at free agency. Could they be? If they even have the money still to afford it, could they get a guy like Darnell Sankey to come in? Or could we see them bring in some of these more underrated players here? I think they're, you know, as we scroll further down the list, there's some intriguing options that could be primed for bigger roles with their squads as well. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, let's jump back to the offense here and take a look at running back because that's a position that intrigues me here. Uh, there were a number of names out there on the, at the running back position, but a lot of them are going off the charts, uh, you know, are off the charts already. James Butler supportedly going, uh, reportedly going over to the Ticats is a big one there. 
Um, the Argos bringing back their trio, as we talked about in hour number one. Pretty thin crop at running back here. If you're looking for starter quality, potentially, you know, it's Walter Fletcher and it's William Powell. Powell's had injuries over the past couple of years. Is he still able to play at the top level? Uh, seems like Walter Fletcher is really the cream of the crop available once uh, noon Eastern time hits here today for teams looking to make a move. And as for teams that are uh, could potentially be looking to make the move, I think the BC Lions are the biggest one, and I would be shocked almost if we don't see a guy like uh, like Walter Fletcher uh, go over to BC because uh, you know David Mackey's their starting running back right now at 29 years of age, 94 yards last year. Again, more of a fullback role for him there. Um, the stamps are set at running back for, uh, very well for this season. The Elks, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm really high on what Kevin Brown does, uh, did last year. I think he should get more of a role this season. The Ticats, you mentioned it, I think early on, right? They brought James Butler in. They're bringing Sean Thomas Erlington back. Did, are they going to run the ball is the biggest question mark. Uh, you pay for these big pieces. You got to use them effectively. Uh, Montreal's got William Stanback, hopefully help, healthy for a full season this year. They also have Jesher and Antwi, who had a solid season. The Red Blacks, potentially a team to watch here. Uh, Devontae Williams, Jackson Bennett, supposedly West Hills, although talk that maybe he's going to look to sign elsewhere as well. Um, Riders, Jamal Morrow, Frankie Hickson, they're well set for this year. Uh, Argos, again, we talked about already bringing back their three big pieces or their two big pieces, Andrew Harris, AJ Olette, and the Bombers, uh, they've got their one-two punch of Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine. So really not many uh, pieces left to put together in the puzzle at the running back position here uh, today, is there, Trey? No, not really. Uh, sorry, I was someone tweeted at me, so I was <laughs> kind of listening to that. But, yeah, not a lot going on in running back. You know, there's some interesting guys, though. And, like, you know, what Mike was saying earlier, you know, if you if some teams decide to go to that two, three-man rotation, these are guys that could definitely fit in there. Um, Oh, wow. When I saw Akeem Hunt, I thought it was Kareem Hunt for a second. <laughs> I was like, since when is he in the CFL? I thought he was just on, uh, on Cleveland. But, yeah, so, like, you know what I mean? Fletcher, Powell... Um, guys like that, you would if you got them at a good price, would not be a bad second stringer, right? But there's no one here again that teams are probably willing to uh, break the bank for, right? Yeah, I, I think a lot of those names again were were taken off the board already or re-signed by their respective teams, and and you know maybe there's some names lower on this list. Maybe there's some names brought in in training camps that we see uh, that we don't know of right now that will be the guys that are we're talking about at the top of this list next year once uh, once they make a name for themselves in the CFL. Uh, what position do you want to take a look at next year, Trey? <sighs> Let's look at the big boys, the big hogs on the O-line. You know, that's always an interesting one, and that's the it, that's one that can always make and break. Um, ooh, Brendan Labatt. Ooh, another gig, another guy, you know, if you want some uh, some um, veteranness, and if you just want to piss Adam off and take away a guy like that from the Riders O-line, I think that would be a good one. Um, let's see here. Because it was their uh, Couture going to BC. I like that one for them. Uh, I don't know if he ever played with Suk Chung, but, you know, two ex-bombers now being in BC, and I like that. Uh, I like that dynamic. Um uh, 
Adam in the in the live chat. <laughs> um, you know what? What do you think about the O line? Like, you know, the Bombers re-signed pretty much ninety nine percent of theirs. Uh, you know, Saskatchewan's a team that needs to definitely look at something. Uh, who, what do you think Saskatchewan's going to go for a full line if you were O'Day? Yeah, it's a position I think they really need to focus on, obviously. You know, they gave up by far the most sacks in the CFL last season. And you can bring Trevor Harrison, you can bring Jake Winicky in and say, yeah, that's going to improve the offense uh, a little bit there. But that's not going to if Trevor Harrison's up on the floor. And I think he's even less of a mobile quarterback than Cody Fajardo was uh, to escape some of those sacks. So I think this is, if any position, uh, the the riders need to focus on the offensive line slot here. Uh, there's some big names available on the list. You know, there's a lot of Canadians here at the top of the chart uh, that have, uh, you know, been around for quite some time in the CFL. You know, maybe you look at a guy like Darius Siraco, a good piece for the future, 27 years of age uh, with the Ottawa Red Blacks after playing in Hamilton the year before. Uh, you know, the Red Blacks brought him in as a big piece on that O-line last uh, season. It didn't end up working out there. But uh, then you look at a guy like Peter Godber over in BC, you know, with BC bringing in Michael Couture. That's another piece available now on the offensive line. Philip Blake, Colin Kelly. These are guys that have been around in the league for quite some time. Hunter Stewart as well. Uh, there's some real veteran presence on the offensive line here. And I think maybe that's something if you're the riders you're looking for a little bit this year, just to settle things down there a bit. I feel like they, uh, due to injuries and just different pieces not working out, rotated, end up rotating through quite a few rookies. Uh, and if we take a look at who the riders currently have under contract, you know, of their projected top crew uh, at the uh, position for the riders, uh, you know, most of them are under 30 years of age. So I, I think there are some veteran pieces you bring in if you're a team like that. Uh, you'll notice uh, a lot of the names on this free agent list at the offensive line position, former Saskatchewan Rough Riders, because they will be moving on from them. So I, I think they're a team to watch at the position. I think, uh, you know, Edmonton is a team to potentially watch at the position if they can afford it still. They ended up spending a lot of money on wide receiver. you got to be able to protect Taylor Cornelius to find those guys there as well. And uh, Hamilton, we've seen them make a move already with Joel Figueroa. Seems like they're pretty good on the offensive line. I mean, Brandon Revenberg, one of the top in the league. Chris Benzile, if he's healthy, one of the top in the league. Uh, you know, that's going to help Levi Mitchell stay upright and find his guys there as well. So I expect tinkering a little bit between different teams around the CFL, but most notably, I would say the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Edmonton Elks are teams I would see wanting to uh, make an upgrade at the position this season. Uh, let's, uh, let's stick in the trenches here and go over to the other side to the defensive line next and take a look at uh, who is available there. Uh, Sean Lemon, the biggest piece on the list. He just, uh, just tweeted a bit ago that, uh, you know, uh, it was something like lemonade for sale starting at noon Eastern or something like that. Because uh, looks like he'll be headed to the free agent department here. A guy that's bounced around uh, many different teams has almost completed the Kevin Glenn special uh, and uh, seems to be out there on the list again. A number of big names here, a lot of veteran players here as well. Anybody standing out to you on the D line as a, as a guy, a team who needs some extra pressure on the quarterback might want to bring in? They're older, but. 
again, I'm wondering if uh, Bo Levi can recruit his ex-teammate Sean Lemon to come down to Steeltown again, maybe even Charleston Hughes. Like, again, you know, those veteran guys that could complement a team like that. It's all price, too. And, again, depends on how much Hamilton wants to go over the luxury tax salary cap, right? Like, it's kind of things like that. Other than that, I think, again, the real thing that stands out to me is when you look at all these free agents, you see a lot of teams, but you don't see Winnipeg very much, right? You, there's one guy on this list from Winnipeg. That's what stands out to me is they resign everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not going to like, and, and then they still have free agents. That's kind of the crazy part too. Other than that, I don't know. Who do you stand out to you? Like some of these names, like a lot of these names, they're not like jumping out at me, you know, like they're probably good pickups, but again, there's not many of those guys that you're willing to give, you know, a two, two, three year fully guaranteed contract to right? to any of these guys. So like they're either older or they're kind of still young and trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, and that's definitely the case. I mean, you look at some of the younger options. Thomas Costigan played 18 games last year. He's the youngest one who's made an impact on the list. He was with Montreal Alouettes most recently. I think may have gotten traded there. You know, uh, I think every team kind of has a different uh, thing they're looking at at the uh, the position at every position really some teams are looking for more of a veteran presence some are looking for those pieces to build for the future like a team like the bombers if they can get them in on a cheap deal may look at some of those younger pieces for when a willie jefferson and jackson jeffcoat you know is done playing a team that uh you know has some young pieces may look to or wants to make a run at it this year may look to bring in some of those veteran players as well when you know charleston hughes sean lemon uh definitely at the top of the list there but the thing I find intriguing is like you can see the pieces and things moving around where teams like uh, teams don't, you know, you can see why some of these guys are free agents. You look at like Julian House Air from the Thai Cats being a free agent uh, and Micah Johnson, who, uh, you know, ended up going is already going to be going back to Saskatchewan. And you can see they've already been replaced reportedly by Casey Sales coming in uh, to Hamilton, by Jagir Davis being a reported signing there. So you see the rotation of these guys out, teams that have already managed to fill the holes uh, and bring in some pretty significant pieces. It doesn't mean that, you know, a guy like Hauser is, you know, on the decline or anything. No, I think he's still one of the top options available on the defensive line here for a team that wants to make an upgrade there. So a uh, number of big names to look at on the defensive line position. Uh, any team any team in particular that jumps out as a team looking to make uh, a move on the D-line that you would like to see get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback this season? Mm, that's kind of – let me think about it. Um, I, I want Hamilton to be a little better. You know, Hamilton's like team that just always – traditionally you think of having a tough defense right and i just don't think they were up to the tight like the oski wee wee standard last year so i want them to do something it doesn't need to be the d line necessarily but just something on defense um maybe even toronto i know they ended up beating you know winnipeg obviously in november but i don't know if you would say it was because of the defense it felt more like the bombers just weren't didn't show up as good that day as they had for the previous five months but you know that i think I, I really want the auto ontario teams to really kick it up a little bit this year and 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 well of course i do want montreal to we'll, we'll just see if that's going to happen or not but for sure the three ottawa or ontario teams sorry and ottawa too those teams they look like they're going out and actually putting some things together so it would be nice to see if they get a little bit uh a little bit more strong on the d yeah, Montreal making a move to, uh, they released defensive lineman Mike Moore, who was one of their biggest pieces uh, 
last season. So he could be an addition for somebody uh, looking to add a piece there yet today. Uh, you'd have to think if they're doing that, they're looking to bring in one of these guys on the defensive line here. I think Ottawa, yeah, Lorenzo Malden's the big piece. They brought back Michael Wakefield, you know, Cleon Lang. Those are notables there. Could they try to improve the defense a little bit there in Ottawa? You know, those are the kinds of teams I'm looking at along the defensive line today. Uh, just catching up on a couple of reported news items here that uh, FM Fan has been kind enough to put in the YouTube chat for us. Farhan Lalji reporting that uh, the Ticats will look to make offensive lineman Joel Figueroa the highest paid in the league at close to 195K. So it seems to be a constant battle between these teams of, uh, you know, we just two weeks ago on the podcast talked about Drew Desjardins being the number one piece on the offensive line uh, at about 155,000, I think it was. Uh, now it looks to be it's Joel Figueroa that the Ticats have topped that here, which kind of leads to Mason's question in the chat. Uh, who's the biggest spender today? You know, as we're going through these positions, let's stop down. Who do you think overall is uh, likely to throw out the most money on the opening day of free agency? Seems like the Ticats have the inside track based on all the deals we've talked about. But is there anybody else you expect to be particularly active across the board today, Trey? I hope, for Adam's sake, I hope Saskatchewan is. Because um, right now I put them kind of treading water in the West against the other four teams. Um, same with Montreal. I feel like Montreal, they've been a little behind. We haven't heard much from them because of everything going on. So hopefully with whatever's going on that the people in place now can still make a splash today like that. I hope they don't get that far behind. So Montreal in the East and I guess Saskatchewan in the West. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the riders are a team and, and don't count out the Ottawa Red Blacks. They like to throw the money around in free agency. I think we, we haven't really talked about BC yet. They're an intriguing team to me because Nathan Rourke's off the books. Vernon Adams has a pretty cheap contract. Granted, I don't know how much, uh, additionally, they uh, you know paid him when they restructured it, signed him to an extra year. But Brian Burnham's contract is off the books now because he's retired. That's a big hole potentially they have to fill. Uh, you know they've they've made some changes across the board here. They're a team whose starting quarterback is going to be pretty cheap, and I think any team with a cheap starting quarterback, you know, has a lot of money to throw around at other positions, and that intrigues me because I think it's a fun, interesting strategy to look at uh, for a team there. Uh, Adams in the YouTube YouTube chat saying Montreal is going to spend a lot to get guys to forget all the ownership problems. Uh, yeah, that that's an interesting piece to talk about with uh, with any of these deals. Is it's not particularly what the match is going to be on the field, but there are outside factors and and you know uh, I believe somebody asked this much earlier on in the show. Uh, in the chat, uh, you know, for Montreal is uh, is making this announcement about the future owner today, a stability thing to actually help them bring free agents in, because do you want to go sign a deal when you don't know what's going to happen with the team and if they have an owner or not? I think there are a lot of things to consider uh, in that regard, uh, impacting players' decisions. And there's a lot of other outside factors, too. I mean, we had we had Jordan Williams uh, asking to be traded from BC to, to Toronto because he wanted to be closer to home or where he runs a business. We had uh, Dominic Grimes we've talked about already, you know, wanting a restructured contract or to be traded because he didn't feel like he was being compensated similarly to other players. And there is a giant web of connected strings when it comes to all these free agency signings. 
and uh, it's intriguing to see how they're going to play out today and when the when we actually end up on the football field in uh, May and June when the season starts. Uh, let's let's pull the free agency. We just, we just throw one thing here. I got a, we got a question from Ken about what is the penalty for salary cap. So I've been researching that. For my understand, right this year, CFL salary cap is a oh, astonishing five point eight million. I, I, that's actually that, that might be one reason why the Bombers are under it. I was thinking it was like because I thought last year, two years ago, it was five point three. So that's a pretty significant increase if it went up to five point eight. For my understanding, uh, I. Ooh. There's not a lot on the, the player salary cap. There's more on that operations one. But from my understanding is from for if the teams go over a hundred thousand, they have to pay a dollar for every dollar they're over in a fine. And then over two hundred thousand to three hundred thousand, you pay two dollars for every dollar you're over. And then three hundred thousand plus you have to pay three dollars for every dollar you go over. So there's there's some significant financial thing at play here. But then you like you look at a team like Winnipeg, who's had a home playoff game for the last few years, sellouts, you know, seems to be doing a lot. They might be able to afford that, right? Because that, that's what I'm finding. I, I could be getting it confused with the operations one, but uh, in a report from 2010, the Bombers got fined for being over the salary cap uh, that year. So, you know, it seems like there, it seems something that happens a lot. It's this classic CFL where it doesn't make news as much as you would hear it about like, you know, your Tampa Bay Lightning and stuff uh, playing with the salary cap. Hey, it's effective. It works. Well, uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like the whole circumvating taxes. It, there's loopholes for a reason. Is it really illegal if the loopholes in place? No, it's, it, you know, it's, is it greasy? Yeah, but it's, a, it's in the rules, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some chatter in the chat here about the Calgary San Peters. We haven't really talked about them much yet. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about them later on this afternoon. We've got Ryan Ballantyne from the Horseman Radio coming in uh, to chat all about the Stampeders. But uh, quick takes on that, you know, uh, asking, does Calgary uh, have – will Calgary sign anyone today? They're not normally active in free agency. I wonder if this year that changes, though. Again, we've talked about this in previous episodes of the podcast of, uh, well, Dave Dickinson's now in the GM chair, John Huffnagel, you know, handing that role to him. Does he do handle things anything differently than what uh, John Huffnagel would? Seems like the Stampeders have been losing a lot of pieces so far or will lose a lot of pieces in free agency. So surely they've got the cap room to spend and maybe we'll see them make a big splash. Uh, Farhan Lalji are reporting, uh, you know, that they've been in on names such as Darnell Sankey, one of the top names at the linebacker position. That would be a huge get for them there. Uh, to be able to bring in a piece like that. Rasheed Bailey at wide receiver, potentially. You know, is that a piece that if Kamar Jordan's not coming back, they look to bring in a guy like Rasheed Bailey from the Bombers. So I, I think I, I have hope that this year we will see Calgary uh, make a notable move on the opening of free agency day here. Uh, also a question in the chat. You think Hamilton will spend over the cap because once they trade or release Dane Evans and his 425K, yeah, I think you and I chatted about this at one point, Trey, right, of uh, Dane Evans. When will he be released and what point does that make sense? If I'm the Ticats, I'm, I mean, it's it's a crappy thing to do from a player relations standpoint, and maybe that's a difficult thing to navigate here also. But from strictly strategic, take the emotions out of it, 
Yeah, if I if I'm a team like the Ticats, I'm holding on to Dane Evans for as long as possible to keep him away from another team. You don't have to be uh, cap compliant until the season starts, and even then, you mentioned you know it's more like a luxury tax. So you know, do you just hold on to him so another team can't and spend over the cap? You know, that's the amount that's going to come off the books. You can go that far over it. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Dane Evans will get released here by the Ticats some point uh, today, or or when do you think it's going to happen? Because surely he's not going to stick around on the roster. I I feel no. I don't know. From the business aspect, I guess if I'm Hamilton, maybe you hang on to him until the salary cap comes into effect, right? You know, and and which doesn't come until training camp or regular season, right? So keep him till then. But from just the normal, like, would you not, would you not hate that if your job, you're like, oh, there's two people doing your job and you're not going to do your job, but you have to come sit, you're, you can't go work anywhere else, you know, because we're not going to let you, let you out of that. You know, it's, but where would he go? Like, that's the thing. And like, and because again, I think he's going to be sitting in either a backup or that 1A, 1B kind of position and our team's going to want to trade for that. Probably not. Right. Um I, I agree with what Scott's saying in the chat. I, I think he, I think he should go to Montreal. But does Montreal really want to give up a couple draft picks, you know, for a guy that's ultimately going to be probably released if no one touches him, right? You know, it's because it, it, this is this isn't Bo Levi where you're willing to give up the first you know, first rounder to just be able to negotiate with them for an extra month. You know, this is a, he is a decent quarterback, but I don't know. I don't know. And then it's, again, like a, it's like a game of chicken, right? It's like, yeah. uh, oh, we want to bring him in, but we don't want to pay give the Thai Cats anything for him because they're going right. to release him. And the Thai Cats are like, well, we're not going to release him because we want uh, you to give us some assets for him. So something's going to have to give eventually here. Uh, but the Thai Cats seem to be the team with all the power in that regard. Right. And and it depends on what they're asking for. Are they asking for draft picks or are they asking for now players too? You know, like do they want something to help them this year? when they have the great cup and uh no it's very interesting and and just a real quick point i want to touch against scott the classic cfl because scott has 5.5 million being the salary cap where google says 5.8 so even the cfl doesn't know what their salary cap is so you know like <laughs> everything says everything else and like it's like how do it's just interesting because i don't know it all depends on what hamilton's asking for right and are they and it's kind of sucks because in football, the players don't seem to have the power. We just witnessed the NBA trade deadline and guys are going cross country because they just say, oh, I'm not playing anymore. Guys in this league, Dane Emmons has real no power in this situation unless he says, well, if you don't trade me now, I'm just going to go to the XFL or USFL and I'm an invaluable asset to you, which I don't know. And does he want to be a backup? He was already kind of a backup to Mazzoli. So does he even want to go to a team where he's going to be that one B guy? I don't know. It's a real big mess. And I thought I thought he was going to be the one going to Montreal because I thought Fajardo wouldn't want wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot stick. But Fajardo did. So now it makes things even more interesting. Uh, yeah. Where did Ballsy have Fajardo going? That's my that's the real question. Do you have it right this time or uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. It looks like we've got a pending signing coming in. The uh, uh, John Hodge from Three Down Nation reporting uh, defense back at Godfrey and Yeka is likely headed back to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So 
uh, and a small re-signing there for the Riders. Let's bring our free agency tracker back up here on screen and keep going through the other positions that we haven't talked about yet. I think this is the most intriguing position to watch of them all is the wide receiver because it's the spot where there are so many big names out there still on the list. I mean, the heavy hitters for the most part uh, are off the board. You know, Eugene Lewis looking to go to Edmonton, Tim White being back in Hamilton, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Lawler looking to go to Winnipeg. You know, these and many more are the biggest names that uh, seem like uh, as soon as free agency kicks off uh, 12 or so minutes from now, we will uh, we will get those contracts coming in. But there's still quite a few other pieces here on the board as well. Uh, Darvin Adams, Darrell Walker, Markeith Ambles, uh, Rasheed Bailey, Greg Ellingson, Kamar Jordan. Then, you know, that crew up top to me uh, is a pretty darn good set of receivers. And some of these guys could be your number one. I think most of them are kind of in that category right now where they could be your number two, number three receiver. But if you're looking to make an upgrade, these are guys that you could potentially bring in at the position there as well. You've got some more interesting young pieces as well, like a Ryan Davis, a Sean Bain, uh, you know, uh, looking through the list here uh, and some Canadian options there as well. Who's the most intriguing free agent left at wide receiver for you that uh, if you're a team needing to make an upgrade of these guys, uh, give me your top three here that you would like to see uh, a team uh, make a play for today. Deron Carter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, no, I, I like probably the top for sure. Oh, Bailey. Bailey's probably number one. You know, he, he, I think, you know, he's 30, but he's still got some years left in him. I think, you know, he's, I, I would definitely take him over Ellingson and probably Adams and Walker, kind of the top guys there. Um, even Kamar Jordan, maybe too. I'd take Bailey over him. I think Kamar Jordan probably second now seeing him. I like those two guys. They got good, you know, they put up decent stats over the years. Um, and after that, Devarn. Darvin Adams, you know, it was kind of interesting because I felt like he was a little underused in Winnipeg near the end because he was kind of that deep bomb guy and Nichols didn't exactly have that in his repertoire. So he didn't get the didn't get the ball as much. And I think he would have been good more with Caleros because Caleros does have that pop. And unfortunately, we didn't really see that too much in Ottawa. But, you know, if I'm going out with that, I guess, yeah, what you said, my top three, Bailey, Jordan, Adams, I guess would be my top three. But then, you know, Walker and Ellingson are probably right up there, too. There's going to be a market for these guys. I think that's going to be um, slow, um, slow moving just because, like, the top end guys, like we saw Lawler and the other guys getting 250, 300,000. So these guys are going to be that left tier just below, but they're going to wait to see and probably get every dollar they can. Yeah, a lot of big money spent at wide receiver so far by teams uh, that are, uh, you know, throwing around some of those uh, big contracts for the pieces we've touched on that aren't currently on this board, which means how much money is left for guys like this and how much are teams willing to pay them versus take a chance at a guy in training camp to come up and have a big season. I wonder how much uh, a season like what Dalton Schoen had last year gets in the minds of some of these general managers today a guy that the bombers brought in for dirt cheap and free agency uh and ended up being the leading receiver in the cfl last season uh as we welcome mike back here into the show uh, after stepping away for a little bit as well uh taking a look at the wide receiver options here right now um you know, there's some Canadians on the list. Uh, a lot of the biggest names, Dembski, Curly Gittins Jr., they're off the board back to their respective teams. 
but there's some in, uh, some younger pieces here, some potential other options like a Justin McInnes, a Shaq Johnson, a Herji Mayala uh, at the Canadian position. Seems like Jawan Breskison uh, looks to be headed out of Toronto. So there are options for teams looking to sign uh, free agents at wide receiver. Uh, Mike, let's go to you here on this one. Is there any team in particular at the receiver position you have your eye on today as a team that uh, you think should be active in the market? Uh, I, I want to see a couple things, and I think they kind of talked about this um, when I was on last. Uh, the, the teams that I'm going to be watching for are, uh, sorry, are uh, Saskatchewan and Hamilton. I, I, I think, you know, if those couple of those free agents come to be, which it seems like they will. Uh, they already have strong receiving cores. Uh, BC, to me, is also interesting. Uh, they have some really interesting depth guys, but I think we'll get a look at uh, a starting role, uh, particularly with the absence of Brian Burnham. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting in the receiver market. Um you know, Trey, I think it was you that started in our fantasy pool, hoarding Montreal young receivers uh, toward the end of the year. Um, I, I think they're going to do pretty good uh, despite losing some key pieces, presumably in Eugene Lewis and Jake Winnetty. Uh I'm looking at guys like Phil Pot to step in um, and... and assume bigger roles among other young Canadians um, for presumably cheaper costs, which will maybe allow them to to spend in, in, in other areas as well. So, you know, receiving, to me, I'm an offensive guy when it comes to, to uh, free agency uh, in football in general, uh, where the quarterbacks go, where the receivers go, where the running backs go. I, just, I can't get excited for whatever reason where the uh, where the defensive guy goes. Maybe because I watch football for the offense and not necessarily the defense. But I really like, um, you know, it, the, the ownership situation in Montreal throws a wrench into, into this whole type of scenario. But I do like the young Canadians that they occupy there and with the presumed, uh, presumptive signing of Cody Pajardo, I like that too. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a little bit to kind of to get your head around um, with chemistry-wise. But, you know, we saw some spurts of that young receiving group of Montreal starting to do good things last year, and I want to see if it continues. Ray, you've got some breaking news here for me. I do, I do, I do. So... We got someone, uh, kind of a friend of the show, has pledged his allegiance officially to a CFL football team, I'm getting word. Our buddy Brandon Sanders, uh, the college fantasy guy, which we should get him back on this year because he was right on show and he had some good intakes on some of those NCAA guys to come up here. You know, I'm doing it all, man. I'm doing the podcast, I'm betting on horse racing, and I'm getting breaking news for you guys. He said... He told me I can report this. It's going to be better accuracy than some people from Saskatchewan have on reporting news. He's pledged his allegiance. He's coming on down to Winnipeg, he said, because of his boy Dalton Schoen that he told us uh, last. This is about this time last or whenever he was on, early summer. Uh, so we got a new Bomber fan uh, as a friend of this show, and he said, quote, poor Adam has another Bomber fan he has to deal with. 
Wow, breaking news here. I love it. Yes, Brandon, uh, a big uh, big supporter of the show. Shout out to him. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, welcome to the CFL bandwagon. Welcome to the Winnipeg bandwagon here as well. Um, let's take a quick look at another position here before we uh, move on to and take a quick break before free agency opens here shortly. Uh, we've talked about wide receiver. Yeah, Montreal, I agree, is a team that I think needs to make some moves as we're losing Eugene Lewis and Jake Winicky. Uh, that's probably the team I have my eye on most here. Um, let us look at uh, what, where haven't we looked here yet? I don't think we've looked at the linebacker position. Uh, no, we have because we talked about Darnell Sankey. We've talked about the defensive line. I think it's just defensive back and long snapper. So, uh, you know, free agency window kicks off in a couple of minutes. Let's get through looking at all of these these remaining positions. Then we'll take our quick two-minute break, get set up, come back and start talking about some of the signings as they roll in. So let's talk linebacker or defensive backs here. Sorry, uh, available out on the free agent list. There are a number of guys available on this list as well. I've had an intriguing time trying to figure out what to sort the free agent tracker for, because what are you looking for most from a defensive back? Are you looking for a guy that makes a lot of tackles, but does that mean, you know, that teams are picking on them? Are you, you're obviously looking for interceptions, but those are, you know, lower numbers generally. They don't really get involved in the sack category. So I've sorted it by interceptions to take a look here. Uh, big names available on the board here. I think Jamal, a couple from the Thai Cats, Jamal Roll, Siante Evans, those can be top tier defensive backs. Abdul Kane, Shaq Richardson, uh, Brandon Dozier. I mean, the names go on here. You're looking for good Canadian options. Nick Taylor from the Bombers, Mike Edom over from Saskatchewan, Ellie Buka from the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, those are big names that uh, I think are available and teams could be making a play for today. How does a guy like Greg Reed from Montreal, you know, had some really good seasons, but only played one game last season. Where does he fit into things? That kind of plays into what Mike was talking about earlier with the uh, the guys who had limited playing time last year. Same thing with Sherrod Baltimore, who only played 13, but can be one of the top defensive backs in the CFL when healthy. So some big names here out on the list. Uh, at defensive back, let's go to you, Trey. Uh, anyone in particular here you you want to bring in for your team? Well, yeah, to, to talk to your point, ta- DB's having a lot of tackles could be the awful stat because that means he's allowing the ball to get caught. But then, but it could also could be good because he's a guy that runs across the field to help out. Um, there's a couple of guys I would take note to the two bomber guys that near the list, Nicholas Taylor. I didn't realize he was 35. Still could have another good year or two in him. He's a guy that, you know, it, it, it's DBs are one of those positions that there's not always a lot of official stats there for them because there's knockdowns, tips, or just good. You can't really give a stat for good coverage, you know, or a quarterback overthrows because of your coverage. But I'll give it, you know, so Nicholas Taylor's one guy and also Mercy Maston. I think those are two guys that could definitely uh, be looked at. I know he's got no stats, but it just, you know, Again, coming from that bomber lineup, you never know what could happen. Yeah, he had two. I think he's had two straight years with a season-ending injury too. So yeah, I feel like he's the pinnacle of the. Do you take a chance on a guy that's been injured? Right, you got to look at that. But then I'd also say that um, some of those younger guys, maybe Mike Jones and Blaze Brown, you like DB is a kind of weird position where you need the experience, but you also need a guy who's young and quick and agile because you have to keep up with those receivers, right? 
lot of people don't realize DBs. Um, people always think DBs are just receivers that can't catch. You know what I mean? So they put them on defense. Sometimes it's the other way. Re- receivers are ex-DBs that can't tackle, right? So these guys could just be just as athletic as some of those guys they're facing up against, right? So I would take a chance on some of these older guys or even a guy with an injury because, you know, let's say Mastin does get an injury early in the season. He could come back September, October and could be that guy. How many times have we seen guys come back after September and uh, fill into your lineup? Uh Mike, what are you smirking about? Are you smirking at me or something else? No, no, no. Okay, because I'm like, if you want to fight, man, it's only one hour, two hours in, man. Like, we haven't, let's go. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. Okay. <laughs> Wait for the parking lot after the show, boys. <laughs> I'll meet you at the flagpole at 3.30, Mike. Like, don't worry, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I promised myself I'd be nice today. <laughs> No, my girlfriend said, are you going to fight with Mike today? And I was like, oh, we'll see. We, <laughs> we've, already, we, we've already agreed on things twice. So this is a record for those that... Uh, it just means it's going to go downhill, man. Uh, only what, Mike, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on the available uh, DBs here? Uh, yeah, you know what? It's, it's a pretty deep pool. Um, but again, right, it's, do you want to die in free agency or do you want to go the bomber route and find a rookie in camp at the minimum, right? Um, every team needs some experience. Um, and, you know, you need some veteran players uh, to help, but at what cost, right? Because as we've seen, offensive linemen go pretty premium, receivers go pretty premium, quarterbacks go pretty premium. How much of the big piece of the pie uh, do you are you willing to give up uh, for something like that? And you know, there's a couple of guys that are probably weighing free agency uh, as well, or free agency. Sorry, retirement. Um, you know, because of other jobs and other circumstances and all that. So you know, it, it's it's pretty interesting. Add, and in the last comment in the chat, the bell has rung, folks. It is yep. now one minute into free agency. Yes, uh, 18 new signings to announce already. No, they will trickle in over time, over the next couple of hours. Uh, we're going to take our quick break uh, in just a moment here before we uh, move on, uh, start breaking them all down because they'll start coming in shortly. But yes, CFL free agency is officially open. Uh, with Jared in the chat put some news in here. I believe it was Justin Dunk reporting this. I saw as well that Charleston Hughes uh, would like to finish his Cal- his career going back to the Calgary Stampeders. He's got multiple teams in with offers on him. Uh, we know where he wants to go. We'll see where he ends up landing. Uh, FM fan in the chat also mentioning that uh, John Hodge reporting a, a solid chance or a decent chance Dakota Prukop back with the Bombers in 2023 as that third string quarterback there where they like to use him for some of those gadget plays also uh only position i think we haven't talked about uh, as options available is the long snapper you know you gotta what better way to kick off the official free agency window than giving some love to the long snappers right they they don't get enough love for the job that they do uh there's two guys here on the free agent list i'll run through them quickly for you you got tanner doll louis philippe louis philippe Barassa from BC and Ottawa is the only two free agents. And you've got three teams looking to add a free agent at the long snapper position. Uh, the BC Lions, the uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks, those guys are gone. 
And also Pierre-Luc Caron retiring from the Alouettes uh, to become an air traffic controller. So always interesting to see what CFL players do in their future jobs there. Uh, but other than that, every team seems pretty locked in. Every team seems to have their Canadians uh, like to go Canadian at the position. A lot of them, uh, you know, higher up there in age for a CFL player. Uh, you've got Edmonton and Hamilton with a couple of young guys and Peter Ajay and Gordon White. Three teams, two free agents on the board. These two will likely go to, to one of BC, Ottawa or Montreal. And then somebody will uh, probably bring in a name through training camp, the draft potentially, or uh, or develop them as the season goes along. So we'll see how things play out at that position there. Uh, any any thoughts on the long snappers here, guys? There's not a lot to go off of. You know, offensive line and long snapper, I find to be the hardest positions to project where guys are going to go. Just because there's, I'm a stats guy. I'm an analytics guy. I don't have stats and analytics to really go off of for these positions here. So, uh, you know, we can talk about their names and how long they've been in the league and games they've played and stuff. Uh, and their veteran presence, but not much else there unless you guys have anything. No, I'll just say, like you said something about their age, but the long snapper, that's a guy That's a guy you don't want to see on the field like a punter, right? You know, they're only out there for uh, when you're kicking the ball away. But when they are out there, you don't mind having a 35-year-old guy who's out there maybe three, four, five plays. I'm sure he's got other – he's out there – other teams might have him out there often, but his main goal is to be out there three or four times to make sure the punter gets the ball correctly. Oh, I don't mind, you know, a guy like Benson being 36 or Jordan H- 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 in um, Huss or Hughes or whatever in Saskatchewan at 33. Same with Crawford, 36. You want that. And these young guys, good to see. Get the young guys in the league. And, you know, it's a position that if it wasn't for long snappers, these guys might be doing their 9-to-5 job, right? So I'd like to see it. Mike? Well, it's interesting because I, I, I've been, you know, now that I'm thinking about this more, more logically and we've actually had a discussion on this one a little bit. You know, the value of having a good long snapper goes a long way. Um, you know, because, quite honestly, if you fumble a couple long snaps, well, that's not good field position-wise. Um, as a unit, you need to work well for your puncher to have success. Yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't get a lot of play for, you know, most important position on the field now. But I think about it, even, even bringing those field goals back, right? Because... You know, one little misstep, one little misstep in timing, things don't necessarily work out for the kickers. So, you know, as much as we talked about, you know, Mark Lidio's struggles, I, I think when a field goal kicker doesn't do well, as much as it's on the kicker because the kicker gets the limelight, it's a letdown kind of on the whole unit. And more particularly, you know, lawn snapper, holder, kicker kind of needs to go as a tandem. We can make a point too. The long snapper has like protection rules that get on them, just like the quarterback and kicker does, right? Because he has his right. head down. Not many positions have that. You know, we see guys getting clocked, and it's like, oh, well, you're a runner, so now you're free. But the long snapper gets protected, and the quarterback gets protected, right? So, yep, yeah. So it, it's very interesting now. We um, a very underrated position um, as well. Well, we've taken a look at all the positions and all the guys available on the free agent market. Uh, We'll keep updating and taking a look at the board throughout the day here. Again, the CFL free agency window is officially open. The news will start to come in shortly. Uh, Over the next hour, we're going to take a look at uh, all of the signings as we become official. We'll also start taking more of a deep dive into the things the teams have done 
specifically uh, planning over the next hour or so to take a look at the, the, the BC Lions, the Toronto Argonauts, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the Ottawa Red Blacks as uh, we have guests coming in to talk about some of the other teams throughout the afternoon. So uh, we're going to take a quick five-minute break to reset some uh, technical things here. The stream will keep going. You'll see the, uh, the We'll Be Right Back screen. You'll get some music playing on a loop here as well. And we'll be back fi- in about five minutes here on CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023. Uh, the fun is officially beginning, folks, and uh, we'll be here live throughout the rest of the day uh, until 5 p.m. Central Time. Back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. See you then.